Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tom and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, she is Tam. Hey, Renee, 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 what's up with you? <laughs> Miss Tam, how you feeling? I am feeling tired. How about that? I can't even <laughs> sit here in front and say I'm feeling great. I am tired. And in fact, you guys listening should understand how dedicated we are because. I got out of bed to talk NASCAR, and I promise you guys, as soon as we finish recording, I'm going to get back in bed. I'm tired. <laughs> I don't blame you. I mean, you want to talk about tired, but I'm just exhausted. I think my voice is already raising the white flag. My my voice is like, I'm, I'm done. I can't. <laughs> well, we already know. Hashtag, where is Renee? Oh, my God. Yes, again. For our Twitter people who rock with us on Twitter, you guys already know. Hashtag where is Renee? Hashtag Las Vegas. Because you were in Las Vegas this weekend, right? Yeah. Hashtag again. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I'm in my favorite city, Sin City, that is. And uh, I love going out there, Tim, as as you know and all of our followers know. But uh, the great thing about this particular trip was so different in the fact that we got to uh, get out there, unfortunately, in the hot sun. So I was baking. It was awesome to be able to shoot a little kind of like a a trailer teaser, if you will, for a show that possibly might get picked up by Netflix. So it is awesome to be able to do to be a part of that and to do that. If any new followers are are, uh, following us here on uh, All Turns No Breaks. We shouldn't say followers. I guess we should say first time listeners. Yes, first time listeners. There you go. That's right. There you go, Tam. I'll, I'll go with that. I am in the entertainment business, and not only do I do stand-up, but I do a, uh, a lot of acting and stuff like that as well. And and this is by far one of the funnest things I was able to do. Unfortunately, I, I hate that it was in the middle of the desert near Vegas, but or in Vegas, I should say. I had a lot of fun doing it, Tam, and it, it was just absolutely awesome. Okay, well, that was hashtag where is Renee? Oh, yeah. Las Vegas. If you never know, you don't even have to ask us, because nine times out of ten, if it's a weekend... He's in Las Vegas. Oh, and for our <laughs> new listeners, we're based in Los Angeles. So it's not that far, but the fact that he's always in a different state on the weekend is something to be said. <laughs> I'm not even going to bore you with the details. Saturday, I went to the gym. Sunday, stayed in and watched some NASCAR. Let's jump right into some NASCAR talk. Let's do it. Top 10 from Sonoma. We finally had our first road course race of the year. For people who listen to this podcast, you already know I'm not the biggest fan of road courses. I don't hate them. They just don't make my boat float. (laughs) Okay. And for our new listeners, there it is. I'm not the biggest fan of road courses. I don't hate them. They're just not my thing. So on that note, Top 10 from Sonoma, California. And no, we didn't go to Sonoma 1 because Renee was working in 2. I'm not a fan of road courses. So I didn't feel a need to even make the trek to Sonoma. Not to mention, people that have never been to California don't understand. Well, I don't know, Renee, if you knew they were trying to break California up into three parts. 
They voted on it, but I don't think it passed. But I don't think I realized that. The vote happened last week. But California is, I think, the second or third largest state in the United States. We live in Southern California. You know, Hollywood. Just think Hollywood. Well, just think Renee, because Renee's Hollywood. That'll <laughs> sum exactly. it up for you. there you go. And then Sonoma is in Northern California, which is wine country area. And then there's Central California. Getting from Los Angeles to Sonoma by way of motor vehicle, as in driving, is like six hours. I've never done the drive as long as I've been on this earth because I don't understand why would somebody drive six hours. I don't even like to drive to Vegas. But okay, that was hashtag Tim's rant. Sorry, I'm going to try to stick to the script. Getting back to the top 10 at Sonoma. (laughs) Martin Truex Jr., Came home with the victory thanks to some trickery. You guys know what I'm talking about. I don't even feel like we need to go over it. But yeah, Martin Truex Jr. and his crew chief put down some tricks and they twisted their way around Sonoma and came home with the W. Kevin Harvick came in second. His teammate Clint Boyer came in third. Chase Elliott finally kind of broke through for the Chevys and he came in fourth. Kyle B, as in Kyle Bush, came in fifth. So we had a Toyota in first place, two Fords, a Chevy, and then another Toyota. Sixth place was Kurt Bush. Seventh place was actually Eric Jones. How about that? Eighth place was Eric Amarola. And ninth place was, who was the ninth? I think I may have made a mistake. I think I. I wrote down Alice Bowman in ninth. Is that true? Interesting. Let me verify that. I think it might have been. Tenth was Denny Hamlin, who was actually your pick to win, correct? Right. Well, at least he broke the top ten. (laughs) He broke the top ten, but he didn't win. Actually, that was correct. It was Alice Bowman came in ninth. That was a quiet top ten for Alice Bowman. I guess there was so much conversation about the Stuart Haas team All four drivers came in the top 10. That was Kevin Harvick in second, Clint Boyer in third. And Harvick almost messed around and won that race. Like Harvick and Clint Boyer were running good most of the race. I actually feel like if we would have had one more lap, maybe two, Kevin Harvick would have caught Truex Jr. and won that race. So Harvick was second, Boyer third, Kurt Busch sixth, and Eric Amarola eighth. All four yeah. Stuart House drivers were all in the top 10. And if you guys were wondering about Kyle Larson, who was our pole sitter, you watched the race. You already read the recap, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse in the head. I think that's how you say that statement. But yeah, Larson was only in 14th place. Like he barely cracked the top 20. And surprisingly, your boy AJ Almadinger, let me say that again, AJ Almadinger, He was a DNF. He didn't even finish the race along with Jamie McMurray. And you know, the crazy thing about that, Tam, is is that he won the first stage. And I sat there and went, wow. I was like, could this be the race? Could this be the race that he finally gets back in the winner circle and victory lane? He looked like he had a really good car, too. And then on lap 33, Tam, that (laughs) that whole thing looked just Wow. I mean, it just came to a complete stop. His day was done. 
Well, you guys put so much weight on AJ being this great road racer, but NASCAR, like most of anything in life, is of what have you done for me lately? And he hasn't done anything lately. And ironically, we, as in me, the girl behind the Twitter account, and shout out to all our Twitter followers, our Instagram followers, as well as our Facebook followers. And if you're not following, get with it and head over to Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook and follow us at Turns No Breaks. The user is Turns No Break. Posted this question on Twitter. We simply asked... And we asked the question twice. We asked the question the first time on Sunday during the race. And then we reposted the question on Monday during our Twitter chat. Nonetheless, the question was, is it time for us to stop putting so much on AJ Amadinger? You guys notice I have to always give you that Southern draw, that Amadinger. (laughs) Is it time for us to stop putting so much on AJ Amadinger as this great road course racer just a question no shade share your thoughts hashtag nascar hashtag tsm 350 and that was for the toyota save mart 350 which was the name of the race at sonoma we had some interesting responses let's see just gonna pull a few out really quick we had loose lug nuts and his user is loose underscore lug underscore nuts He responded and said, Dinger made a mistake. I don't think you should ever not consider him a threat at a road course. (sighs) I'm going to play devil's advocate again. What have you done for me lately? Okay. I'm going to have to agree with that statement, Tim. I mean, uh, you're right. I mean, it's let's just say for all intentional purposes, Tim, he he is or he was. The point is the the guy hasn't won and I don't even know when. When is the last time he's won a race? Exactly. It's been forever. It's been, I don't want to say it's been two years, but I don't. He didn't win a race last season. He won a race season before last. And how do I know? Again, I'm not looking at any stats. I could be wrong. But I always remember who was at NASCAR's Champions Week in Las Vegas. And I don't think he was there this year. It was year before last when AJ was there. Because I remember being excited. I can guarantee you this, Tam. We've been doing this podcast for a couple of years, and I don't ever remember uh, us discussing A.J. Allendinger in Victory Lane (laughs) since we've been doing this podcast. Yeah, actually, I'm starting to think, like, was that 2015? Because Tony last season was 2016. Just like I said, Tam, I mean, going back to the race itself, and and when he came and won that first stage, I mean, I'm sitting there going, "Uh uh-oh. I'm going, "Uh uh-oh. Like, is this the one? And then, well, at 33, I was like, man, <laughs> it's like, come on, man. And the whole thing about the car, too, by the way, is that he did say it was his fault. He missed the shift. And he's like, I don't know when's the last time I missed the shift, but it that falls on me because because he missed the shift. It ruined the whole entire car. But then there's something to be said. You're a professional driver. Should you be missing a shift? Now, yeah. I will tell you, I think I've shared this story, but I was in a loner that Ford left me. I was in a Ford Mustang and I am of age and I learned how to drive a manual car. It's different now. Now the reverse is on the left instead of the right. It's the, the gears are different than when I learned how to drive a, a stick shift. Because like we even called it a stick shift. Now people say manual, but 
When I was in that Ford Mustang, I was in the wrong gear a couple of times. And I knew I was in the wrong gear because the first and reverse, I think it was, was in the same thing. And now you have to lift up the little thing underneath the stick. To uh, it, it was just way complicated. And the car that I have now, I have Tiptronic. I have the pedals. I can either do it with the pedals or I can do it with the stick. But it's not the same because obviously there's no clutch. So it's not really like driving a stick. But I'm not a professional driver. I don't claim to be, but missing a a shift, being in wrong gear, hello, you're on a roll course. I mean, things happen because I think it was last year where Kevin Harvick, was that Martinsville last year? I remember last year, year before last, Kevin Harvick had a similar issue where he missed a gear. Okay, getting back to the comments really quick. So Patrick drone 78 that's user patrick drone 78 shout out to patrick because he is a big time supporter of the show he responded to the question and said for this particular race and racetrack yes puts too much pressure on himself and it bites him he's basically saying that doing it to himself yeah and that's possibly the answer to it all I'll tell you this, and I understand where he's coming from with that statement. I almost kind of disagree a little bit only because because of the fact that what pressure would he have put himself into? Because he hasn't won a race in forever, so it's almost like... But that's the pressure, because he hasn't won a race in forever. Well, I guess what I'm saying is you would think that AJ would go into the race going, well, man, I, I haven't won a race in forever, like... What do I got to lose? Nobody's picking me to win anyway. So why don't I just go out here, run a good road course today and be on top of my game, like just like any other race. And you never know. Things might just fall my way. But I'm looking at it from that point of view. But but I understand what that statement means, though. And, and, and maybe he did, but I just don't see why he would, because he hasn't won a race in forever. Just go out there and race freely. I don't know. But I think I will take the side of Patrick, I think he possibly is putting too much pressure on himself. Like I said at the beginning, we posted this question twice. When we reposted it on Monday during our hashtag NASCAR talk, Patrick chimed in again and added that, and I'll just read exactly what he added. He added, he's a great road course racer, but as far where they raced yesterday, making him an automatic bid to win a race at Sonoma. Yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. Plus too much pressure on himself for that one race. And I hate the word chokes from the pressure. Yeah, well. Okay, I hope you guys understand that. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, should I I reread it? Because I was sounding a little like, uh, so I'll reread it for you guys. He says he's a great road course racer, but as far where they raced yesterday, making him an automatic bid to win at Race Sonoma. Yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. Puts too much pressure on himself for that one race. And I hate this word chokes. And he wrote chokes in parentheses from the pressure. I read it exactly the way Patrick wrote it. So if I sound a little weird, I think it was he was trying to write in 140 characters. So there was a few files missing. So... You know, what's funny is that I'm sure AJ knew that he was being favored to win that day. When he won the first stage, I was like, oh, man, well, you know what? He's focused. He's set. This could be a a really great day for AJ Allmendinger and his team. And then to come out and and then on lap 33 and miss a shift like that and completely destroy your car, it makes that statement kind of true. It's like, what the hell were you thinking about? Like, (laughs) 
How in the hell do you miss the shift? Help me understand what you're saying, Renee. So are you saying that he choked? I'm not saying he choked. All I'm saying is that it appears that he did that only in the sense of, one, he had to have known he was favored. And two, you just finished the first stage on a great note by winning it. And then you, you, you do something like that. Now, maybe that'd have been different if it was the car itself, something, uh, a wreck, something, but, but you miss a shift. And I mean, it's like, I, I'm trying to understand like what happened, like what, what was going through his mind at that point where was he thinking about something that he, you know, was somebody just, just made him unfocused by, by whatever was going on in his ear? How do you just miss a shift like that? It's, I, I can't imagine that happening. So it makes it seem like he choked, but, I don't think he choked. I just think maybe there was something that just distracted him. That well, he missed the at the chef. end of the day, I mean, what are you really distracted? You're in a race. It is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. I'm just going to read a couple of more questions and we're going to move on because there's no reason to keep continuing to talk about this. But there was some good, <laughs> good comments that were made. NASCAR nerd and his user is underscore NASCAR nerd on Twitter. He writes, he's one of the best in terms of raw skill on a road course. As far as contending for victories, question mark, not going to happen. He's not put in position to manage the pressure of winning enough to be a closer. This is far from the first time he's given a good finish away from something basic. So that pretty much sums it up. There were a few more that I wanted to read, but I think I'm going to leave it at that comment. If you guys want to know what other NASCAR fans had to say about AJ and whether or not he choked or if it was too much pressure, or should we just stop talking about him as this great racer on road courses, head over to the website, allturnsnobreaks.com. We will have all the answers. Well, not all of them, but there'll be a link to most of the answers on the website. It's an interesting topic. So you guys check it out. Moving on. We don't really have that much to talk about. I know. No. Okay. Yeah. Fox is actually done for the season. We're going to be jumping over to NBC for the right. remainder of the season for the broadcast, which means, and, and when I say the remainder of the series for the broadcast, I'm talking about for the cup races. That means that it is time for Dell Jr. Yeah. Renee, you ready to start giving your, well, I don't even know if we're going to, start doing the Dell Jr. update again because... Well, well, I can mention a couple of things that uh, in case people just don't know or just haven't heard yet. Um, I will say this uh, to our listeners and, uh, and even some of the newer listeners that uh, are listening to us now, and we appreciate you guys coming on and listening to us. We like to give Dell Jr. updates every once in a while. I mean, he's still by far is the most popular driver and he's not driving anymore of NASCAR. And the great thing is that he had his first show this year on NBC. Well, you're talking about the Dell Jr. download for those. Right. The De- yeah. I yes, mean, the, the thing, download, I, sorry. The, the Dell Jr. download. Excuse me. I'm sorry about that. Yes, that is correct. As Tam just mentioned, it's the Dell Jr. download and it is his podcast that he does. It was a success, Tam, and uh, it was very, very good. I love it. And uh, this guy is just, um, and I don't know what he is all about as a person being around him a, a lot. But just a few moments that I've been around him, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, Tam. I mean, he is just a one awesome individual, and it seems to translate in the social media world. 
It's like, how do you not like this guy? And uh, the Dale Jr. download, ladies and gentlemen, you got to go listen to that. If you, if you like NASCAR and if you love Dale Jr., you are going to love this show. It is absolutely awesome. And the other two guys that are on the show with him are just, just make it that much more better. So it's a, it's a really good podcast, and I, and I totally recommend to go checking it out. He got on Twitter and uh, really thanked everybody for coming on and making the first uh, episode a success. Just for clarification, it obviously wasn't the first episode, but it was the first episode that was televised on NBC. That is correct. I'm, okay. Yes. Just wanted you, to Cam. throw that out there because I know somebody's listening like, what is they <laughs> talking about? Dale Jr. been doing the Dale Jr. download. I know, right? We know like, that, he's been but at a we're talking about the first time that he's done the Dale Jr. download on NBC. Yeah. I will say this. It was on the NBC Sports Network news channel, whatever. I'm just like, ugh. I don't, it's too many channels yeah yeah i see what you're saying nbc sport like it's like fox or espn for that matter espn has espn the regular channel espn 2 espn news espn college then of course on my because i have direct tv you have espn and hd it's just too many channels and hopefully they got some good ratings for dale's show because us NASCAR fans, obviously, we knew where to find the show, but it definitely right. was on one of the, I don't want to say lower level channels of NBC, but it was on the NBC SN network. So that is correct. Yeah. But in any case, you guys, if you haven't already, uh, please go and uh, check it out and find the links to it. And um, it is just one awesome show. And uh, I can't wait to hear more of the Dell Jr. download, Tam. I'll be honest with you. Okay, well, next week, all our dreams will come true, and we'll see Dell Jr. in the booth. Yeah, that's correct. Moving on, I did want to jump right back into some fan comments of the week. Yeah, let's do it. This is a podcast for fans by fans, so if we take this episode to shout out all the fans, don't be mad, because that's what this podcast is about. <laughs> but we had some really good discussions going on on during our Twitter chat. So I'm going to jump right back into that and read a question that we posted and a couple of answers to that question. And prior to me reading that question, I want to tell you guys what led up to me asking that question. Fan favorite, Jeff Gluck. You know, everybody knows Jeff Gluck. Well, it wasn't even a question. He posted a comment on Twitter and said, NASCAR fans who don't like road racing are absolutely baffling. Cannot understand this whatsoever. Hashtag WUT. I just told you guys at the beginning of the podcast, I'm not, I don't dislike road courses, but they're just not my 100%. Oh my God, a road course is on. This is the end all to the be all. I kind of right. was offended by that tweet. Not not because I was offended by Jeff, because Jeff is actually cool. But I was kind of low-key like this is NASCAR fans just being judgmental. Like, I feel like with NASCAR fans, if you don't like what they like, then there's a problem. It's just like going back to the national anthem debate, and I don't want to open that can of worms, but <laughs> yeah. I will say this, you know, I'm not saying that I agree or disagree. 
But I also understand that people have opinions and people make decisions based on things that are happening in their world. And if you're not in their world, you may not understand why they're making that decision. Yeah. Going back to Gluck's tweet, I never really chime in, especially from my personal account on Twitter. But I chimed in and was like, I replied and I'll read the tweet to you. I said that, hold on. I said, not sure if, quote, baffling, unquote, is the right word. People like what they like. People have their preferences. Hashtag no judgments. And of course, I got a couple of response from Twitter people, the Twitterverse. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but that was one of those things where I typically do not share a lot of my personal opinions because, you know, it is what it is. It's my opinions, as they always say, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. Exactly. I don't feel the need. I don't need reassurance on how I feel and I don't need to be heard putting it out there like I don't feel the need to be heard. And I'm a big believer that sometimes people try to bait you into reacting and responding to a lot of things. And I think that that's why uh, a lot of uh, celebrities, athletes, uh, or whatever the case may be, usually uh, have people try to tell them to stay off of social media in the heat of the moment because a lot of us are like that. Maybe most of us are like that, Tam. I know I I am. There's moments where I know I have to turn off my phone because I don't want to get on social media and, and just tweet something or, or write something in the heat of the moment. And, and because, uh, you know, most of the times it's just something you're going to totally regret. And then you're just like, oh, why did I do that? I don't have those feelings because I don't, I won't say I laugh at people, but I just feel like people need to be heard and I don't have the need to be heard. Like I'm 99% secure within my beliefs, what I think, how I feel, and I don't need validation. And I'm not saying that anybody out there who gets into those Twitter battles does need validation, but I don't. But I do want to read some of the responses that I got. NASCAR nerd, coincidentally, he chimed in and was like, sorry, not sorry. I'm judging the hell out of anyone that dislikes NASCAR road courses. I was like, okay. (laughs) I responded and said, No arguments here, but you can't ignore evolution. That fan is close to aging out the race. The question is, how do you remain relevant as a sport? Please your diehard fan and attract new fans. Yeah. Now, what I like about our exchange, we exchanged probably about three or four tweets back and forth, but it was a healthy exchange. It wasn't oh, you wrong, you know, because after that tweet, he responded and was a little bit more civil and was like, he kind of shared his thoughts on NASCAR and we started talking about personalities and it was super cool. And that's the way hopefully most of these type of conversations should go where it's like, okay, you share your opinion. I share mine. We don't agree, but hey, let's talk about X, Y, Z. That was perfect. And then there was somebody else who chimed in and he was a little hostile, but I diffused him as well because I'm not going to go back and forth with no NASCAR fan on Twitter. I am a diehard NASCAR fan, but I understand some of the NASCAR fans out there are just way too negative, way too everything for me. So 
Yeah. And I will shut you up with one tweet if I feel like it. We haven't seen that, Tam, on the podcast in a while, but you guys who have been with us for a minute know that feisty Tam, do not play. Do not bring out feisty Tam. Right. <laughs> Piggybacking off of the Twitter conversation, it made me think during our Twitter chat. So I posed this question. NASCAR fans can be opinionated, loyal, rude, giving, and passionate. What is the one thing you love about NASCAR fans and the one thing you absolutely hate? Hashtag NASCAR talk. Great question. And of course, people chimed in. We actually had a lot of people chime in. So I'm just going to pick a few people at random. Oh. Great and Bun, his user is as smooth operator and that's operated with two eights. O P E R eight eight O R. That's a shout out to Dale Jr., the number eighty-eight. He responded and said, I love when you see a fellow NASCAR fan, especially where I live, no matter what hat, jacket, shirt, or decal on their truck, and you say something to show your kinship and they re- reciprocate. And then he says, I hate how everyone is an engineer or aerodynamics or (laughs) aerodynamicist. That's what he said. Hashtag NASCAR. Our boy Cliff, he chimed in. Big Cliff. He said, I love part. I haven't found one yet that wouldn't have a beer. And he used a little beer emoji with you. The hate part that they remember their social media password. (laughs) So basically, he was saying that he loved that he hasn't found a NASCAR fan that wouldn't have a beer with you. But the hate part is, is that they remembered their social media password. So that was actually pretty funny. This is from (laughs) a friend to the show, Kobe Lambeth. His user is Kobe, L-A-M-B-E-T-H. He said, one thing I love about fans, no matter what happens with the sport, they remain loyal and stick with it. I respect the commitment. I dislike their ability to accept change. You can't walk around running scared forever. Change is a part of life. Embrace it. Hashtag NASCAR. And that was perfectly said. Oh, you know what? I want to read Kenny's front row Kenny. And he chimed into the show. Yeah, you know, that's our boy. Front row Kenny. He chimed into the NASCAR talk a little late. But he said that the negativity... While it can be comical at times, it grows to be toxic. From the outside looking in, I don't think a casual would want to dabble in NASCAR. Okay, I'm going to finish reading his response, but I want to stop right there because what he just said was very powerful. I think we talked about this last week, but he's basically saying from an outsider looking in, for from a non-NASCAR fan, You may not want to jump into NASCAR because what you see is so much toxicity. Is that a word? It's toxic. It's it's opinionated. It's judgments because we're not the typical NASCAR fans. And it could be a little scary at a NASCAR race. Yeah, well, you know, Tim, we've been to many races ourselves and, and even individually and not only as together, but it can be a little intimidating. One of the funnest events I love going to. It's hard not to be a NASCAR fan like me and you are and not 
you know, have a good time there. But you're right. There there are moments you're like, uh, where, where did I veer off to? Because I'm a spot I really don't want to be in right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can just tell you from somebody who consumes NASCAR 24-7, seven days a week, the NASCAR Twitter, which is what Kenny is alluding to, there are things that come across the timeline where I'm like, whoa, I won't touch you with a 10-foot pole, as the old folks say, because between the... Oh, it, I don't even want to go there. It, I've seen some some craziness yeah. on the Twitter timeline. And it is kind of scary when you think about it, because it's almost as if I don't want to offend anybody. So let me tread this topic carefully. But the Trump train folks, they could yeah. be a little relentless if you don't agree with what they have to say is do or die. <laughs> But Tim, you know, and uh, I'll try to save you here, but this is, um, <laughs> this just goes back to what you always say, and, and, and I, I stand by you with this. I try to separate my politics from, you know, the sports that I love. And I know sometimes it's hard to do that, but especially at an event like that, there's no damn way in hell I'm bringing up anything, you know, uh, remotely, you, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> controversial controversial yeah, yeah. There's, there's no way in hell i'm bringing up anything controversial at a nascar race so but let's my just point sit back though and have is, a beer together and watch this race and and hope the best man that you, you like wins but see that's my whole point you shouldn't be fearful but that's the way you feel when it comes to nascar i mean going back to the national anthem protest situation i've seen some crazy tweets where people are like in nascar We'll never not stand for the national anthem and blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that. But it just always comes back to the point where I feel like there's not a lot of tolerance by NASCAR fans for things that they don't understand or things that they don't agree with. Right. And that's my biggest issue with NASCAR. Like I always say, I'm a NASCAR fan first and foremost. I just coincidentally... I write about NASCAR for a national online publication, I guess, if that's the way you want to say it. And I am technically an insider, but I'm not an insider. You know, I do have a little bit of access more than most fans at a NASCAR race. But at the same token, I'm very much a human being first. And there are things that happen. And I mean, things happen in all sports, but there are just some things that are isolated to NASCAR and the NASCAR community and the way NASCAR fans are, that makes me a little like, huh, I don't want to go there because I feel like we're going down a rabbit hole, but we can yeah. talk all day about the Confederate flag. It's the only sport that I know where people are like, this is it. Right, 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 right. I can't say that I'm for it or against it, but I am more tolerant where I try to understand and I don't condemn people because that's what they choose to do. And that is my biggest kind of issue, I guess, to say with NASCAR is that if you're not with what they do, they're against you. If yeah. you're not all about understand. Coors Light and Miller Light, they're not yeah. with you. Whereas, right. you know, there yeah. may be somebody else who's a beer snob who does not drink beer from that type of beer. They may only drink imported beer. Yeah. The life is made up of people that are just different. And I feel sometimes NASCAR fans can be a little one-sided. But in any event, let's get out of that rabbit hole. And I will, there you go. I will reread Kenny's comment in full. Kenny says the negativity 
And that's what he hates. While it can be comical at times, it grows to be toxic. From the outside looking in, I don't think a casual would want to dabble in NASCAR Twitter with the way things are sometimes. I think that's something that has to get better from a community standpoint. Again, you can read all the rest of the tweets. Oh, I'm going to read this one from Larry Lee. His user is LBLee58. He says that what he loves is they're loyal to the driver they like. And what he hates is they're downright hateful, evil towards fans of other drivers. So we'll drop the mic and leave it at that. And if you want to (laughs) find out what other NASCAR fans think and how they answered the question again, that will be on our website at All Turns No Breaks. That was the fan comment of the week. And we can go into Renee's favorite part of the show, which is some predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Predictions. Here we go. We are in Chicago, Tam. I'm going to say this, and it's amazing how it seems now that at one point, only Kyle Busch or Kevin Harvick would win a race. But now it seems that only Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Martin Truex can only win a race. And I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> somebody come with it. Where's Brad Keselowski? We haven't said his name in forever. Where's, where's my boy Denny Hamlin from last week? Matt Kenseth needs to come out and make an appearance in Victory Lane. There's a lot of guys that haven't been in the winner's circle in forever. But my boy Kyle Larson, none of the young guys have been in victory lane in forever. So with that being said, Tam, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch to win Chicago. I'm going with Kyle Busch to win Chicago. And if I have to pick an alternate, I'm sorry, but it it might just be Kevin Harvick. Okay. And those are my predictions. And and I'm just going to stick to them, Tam. Who you got? Renee is sticking to two of the big three. Okay, before I tell you who I got and answer Renee's question, I am going to give you your weekly history lesson, boys and girls. Past 10 winners at Chicago land, because I don't think Renee mentioned that we were in Chicago, because he always... Yeah, I did. I oh, did. you did? Okay. Yeah. Excuse mm-hmm. me, Renee. I did. I'm on, I'm on point today, just my voice isn't. <laughs> okay, well, past 10 winners at Chicago land. 2008, Cal B, as in Cal Bush, Mr. Rowdy. 2009, Mark Martin. 2010, we are saying this name for the second time this season, David Rudiman. He won a race at Chicagoland in 2010. 2011, my guy, Tony Stewart. 2012, Brad Kozlowski. 2013, Matt Kenseth. 2014, Brad Kozlowski. 2015, Denny Hamlin. 2016, Martin Truex Jr., And in 2017, last year, Martin Truex Jr. also won. Some notables at Chicagoland, and not very many, but we had a trio of two-time winners at Chicagoland, which included Brad Keselowski. He's won twice in Chicago. Martin Truex Jr., like I just read, he won back-to-back in 2016 and 2017. And your boy Kevin Harvick has also won a pair of races in Chicago, but he hasn't won a race in Chicago in 16 years. Wow. He won a race. He won his two races in 2001 and 2002. 
Well, the way he's been racing this year, he may not lose a race in Chicago for the next 16 years. <laughs> right. I am going to stay with the theme of picking one of the big three. And if you guys did know, I guess at this point, the big three is Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Truex Jr. So I am going to go with, I think, you know what? I was going to pick Kevin Harvick as my winner and Truex Jr. as my alternative. But I'm, I don't know. I've, I think maybe Truex can make it three in a row in Chicagoland and two in a row for the season and then Harvick as my alternative. So if that wasn't clear, let me spell it out. I'm going with my man Martin Truex Jr. to win and Kevin Harvick as my alternative. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, there you have it. Tab is going with Truex Jr. to go back to back. All right. Those are her picks. If you have your picks, Send them over to us, guys. We we always love to hear your picks. Send them to us and uh, on our social media. I do want to tell you guys, across the board, find us at Turns No Breaks, and then that's how you find us. We want to thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, make sure to search for All Turns No Breaks on Apple Podcasts if you have an iPhone or Google Play if you are on an Android. Don't forget, please, guys, do not forget to hit the subscribe button. That way you never miss an episode of All Turns No Breaks. Uh, you can also find uh, the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have friends that love NASCAR, make sure to turn them on to All Turns No Breaks. Send them to us. Tell at least two friends to subscribe to All Turns No Breaks. If you could, please, that would be awesome. You can also find us, like I said just a few minutes ago, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Make sure you follow us across the board at Turns No Breaks. And our website, again, is www.alternsnobreaks.com. If you want NASCAR news directly in your email box, head over to our website, alternsnobreaks.com, like I just mentioned, and sign up for our newsletter for Tam and myself. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for tolerating my voice tonight. (laughs) And we look forward to talking NASCAR next week. Bye-bye. And peace, love, and happiness. Yeah. Peace, love, and happiness. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 